What's up? Thanks for checking out the Play Action Podcast. Brandon Garcia Graham, and you're in for a treat. It's our official NFL Draft review episode. Now, I know what you're saying. Brandon, the draft ended five days ago. Why are we just getting this now? I needed a few days to let the draft marinate. Okay, I'm not a guy who does draft grades. I don't really even like them. I understand that we as a draft community consume ourselves with mock drafts and big boards, and then we need these pundits to manufacture a grade for us immediately after the draft. But in my mind, there's only one grade to give out, and it goes out to all 32 NFL teams. Here it is. Incomplete. Incomplete! Not one of these players who was drafted last Thursday or Friday or Saturday has suited up on a Sunday. So let's pump the brakes on the hits and the misses, especially the misses. I don't mind highlighting smart picks or guys who end up on teams that seem like an ideal pairing. In fact, that's what today's episode is all about. But ultimately, we don't know what each team's draft boards looked like. We don't know what goes into any one pick. So today... I want to explore draft picks that stood out to me in each round, mostly observations. I'm not saying these guys are the best players per round, just things that stood out to me in this year's draft. Right off the bat, I want to speak about Marcus Mariota becoming a Titan. I think everyone expected him to go number two. Not everyone expected it to go to the Tennessee Titans. Conventional thinking was that Tennessee was going to somehow trade this pick either to the Philadelphia Eagles so Chip Kelly could get his guy or even the Cleveland Browns who still seem to have a question mark at the quarterback position. Ultimately, Tennessee decided Mariota is their guy and they probably decided that a long time ago. Most of us thought that Mariota wasn't a fit for one reason or another in Ken Wisenhunt's offense. Wisenhunt laughed that off and said he's a great player. He'll fit in just fine. Will he be the starter in 2015? Remains to be seen. Higher pedigree than Zach Mettenberger, certainly. But Mettenberger did some nice things in that offense. But ultimately, I like that the Titans kept it close to the vest and ended up with Mariota because most people didn't think that's how it was going to turn out. I also want to highlight in the first round, the Cleveland Browns. The Browns don't get enough love, but they should. Ray Farmer did a great job. Now, it helps when you have two first-round picks, much as they did last year when they took Justin Gilbert and Johnny Menzel. Again, they had picks 12 and 19, and they took Danny Shelton at 12, the defensive tackle out of Washington, and Cameron Irving, perhaps the best interior offensive lineman Easily the best center in the entire draft. The Browns realize if they want to win games, they've got to do it in the trenches. It wasn't sexy. They didn't draft the receiver at 12, which they very easily could have done with Devontae Parker still on the board, but they took the draft's best pure nose tackle. And Danny Shelton's going to be a nightmare for centers and guards in this league on Sundays. And... On the offensive side, Cam Irving. 
Let's get better. Let's protect up the middle. Let's create holes for our running backs. Let's protect whoever's going to be playing quarterback back there. So kudos to Cleveland for getting the job done in the first round. In the second round, I want to credit both the Oakland Raiders and the Chicago Bears. And it's really because of what they did in the first that makes me so proud to see what they did in the second. In the first, both teams took receivers. Oakland taking Amari Cooper and Chicago taking Kevin White. Both fine players, both the best receivers in this draft. I preferred Kevin White, but nothing wrong with Amari Cooper. So both those guys going to those teams in the first round. But you could argue that both of those teams needed defensive line help just as badly. And Big Cat Leonard Williams, perhaps the draft's best player, easily the best defensive lineman, was still there at four for Oakland to take when they took Cooper. And Danny Shelton, who ultimately went to Cleveland, was there at seven. And he would have been perfect in that Vic Fangio 3-4 defense. He would have anchored it for years to come. But instead, they went receiver. So both still have needs on the defensive line side. So what do they do in the second round? They take a pair of teammates from Florida State. First, Oakland taking Mario Edwards, and then Chicago taking, I think, a real steal in the second round, Eddie Goldman. That's a guy who's got first-round talent, and somehow he fell to the second. So both those players instantly make their defensive lines better. So I have to give credit to both teams for going out and getting playmakers early in the first, but then getting guys that they truly need in the second round. On to the third The Houston Texans call it a gift falling into their lap. Jalen Strong, in my mind, a top five receiver. Some had him pegged uh, as a late first round talent, dropping all the way to the middle of the third and credit the Houston Texans for not wasting any time and getting that pick in right away. I don't think Houston was expecting him to be there, but instantaneously, I see this guy as a starter opposite DeAndre Hopkins. It will be a very good offense, um, even though Andre Johnson is no longer there with the Texans. I don't know who's going to be throwing him the ball, but I do know he'll have two very good receivers. Cecil Shorts is now there in Houston, but ultimately I think Jalen Strong will be the other starting wide receiver in Houston. And I also want to give credit to the Indianapolis Colts Again, you want to talk about another guy falling into their lap, Henry Anderson, the defensive end from Stanford. Now, he was a draft crush of mine, and if you follow Pro Football Focus, you know how high they were on Anderson. He was always graded out as a third rounder, but I had a sneaking suspicion the week leading into the draft that he wasn't going to get out of the second round. Somehow he did, and the Colts were able to jump on him in the third. This is a guy who can start right away on that defensive line. Corey Redding is gone. There is a hole. He's certainly better than Ricky Jean-Francois, I think, right now. He's only scratching the surface at how good I think that he can be. So uh, good pick by the Colts, especially after uh, they were put under fire for taking a receiver in the first round when they saw the questions and the concerns over the defensive line. They were able to get great value in the third round. On to the fourth. Now, this one's a little bit out of left field, but you have to hear me out here. The 49ers, they had three picks in the fourth. My favorite of their three was the first one in the fourth round, and that was tight end Blake Bell out of Oklahoma, middle of the round. Now, on the surface, you're saying, well, they've got Vernon Davis. 
And didn't they just draft Vance McDonald two years ago? He's the backup tight end. And didn't they just re-sign Derek Carrier, their third-string tight end, to a two-year extension? What gives? This is a pick that Trent Baalke is really forward-thinking in. You may not know it, but Vernon Davis is entering the final year of his contract. He's on the other side of 30, and he had a disastrous year production-wise in 2014. Now, most 49er fans are hoping that he will bounce back. And even if he does, will the 49ers be re-signing him to any sort of long-term deal? I doubt it. I think the 49ers drafted a future starter at the tight end position in Blake Bell in the fourth round. Six foot six, 260 pounds, a converted quarterback. He understands the nuances of the position, having been a passer up until really two years ago. And you want to talk about scratching the surface. This is another guy who I think is still learning the position, but he showed just how good he can be in Oklahoma with the ball in his hands. You give him a year of learning under Vernon Davis. Don't be surprised if Blake Bell is the starting tight end for the 49ers in 2016. On to the fifth. The Minnesota Vikings drafting Stephon Diggs out of Maryland. Love this pick. This is a guy who's six foot, 190, not overly big, but speed for days, great hands, such a weapon in the open field. And you look at the Minnesota Vikings offense, they traded for Mike Wallace. Greg Jennings is gone. Charles Johnson was a nice pickup last year. Cordrell Patterson has proven he's not a starter in this league. Minnesota needed someone. They need to give Teddy Bridgewater options, and I think they did it, and they did it in the fifth. I think, at worst, Diggs is the number three receiver in Minnesota in 2015. On the sixth round, the Bengals, with perhaps the value pick of the entire draft, getting safety Darren Smith at the end of the round. Unbelievable production out of Darren Smith. 15 interceptions in 56 games for the Fresno State Bulldog. I think getting him in the sixth is an absolute steal. I think he's a future starter. He's going to a very good defense where he may not have to start right away, but don't be surprised if he's taking over meaningful snaps late in the season because I think he's that good. And then on to the seventh, shocking that this guy dropped so far. Ifo Ekpre Olamu. Say it with me now. Ifo Ekpre Olamu. The corner from Oregon got taken once again by the Cleveland Browns. A really bad knee injury in December, right before the Rose Bowl, dropped this guy from being a late first or early second round pick to probably a fourth round guy. So the fact that he dropped all the way to the seventh tells me this knee injury and or the rehab is concerning a lot of NFL teams. But the production was there. We're talking about an All-American at the cornerback position playing for Oregon. Undersized, maybe five foot nine, but a very good, pure cover corner. Cleveland, the risk is very low, grabbing him all the way in the seventh. And this is a guy, I know they still have high hopes for their first rounder, Justin Gilbert, and hopefully he bounces back and has a better sophomore season than he did as a rookie. But ultimately, Olamu can cover the slot. This is a guy who could be a future starter opposite Joe Hayden 
if he's able to get over this injury. Don't expect much, if anything, in 2015. Keep your eyes on this guy in 2016 because he may end up being the steal of the entire draft. Well, that's going to do it for our entire NFL Draft review episode. Thanks so much for listening, and make sure to log on to theplayaction.com for all your breaking NFL news.